I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Brian McKenney, Chief Innovation Officer of HSBC, and Angus Ross, Chief Growth and Revenue Officer, Banking as a Service for Finastra. We are talking about the unstoppable momentum that appears to be building for Banking as a Service. And I'm going to turn, first of all, to Angus. You're the technologist, Angus. What is it that's got everybody worked up about banking as a service? You start with the uh, the world hunger of questions. I'll, I'll try to be, be brief, but great to be here, Robin. Also great to join you, Brian. Look, I think it's a combination of two things. One, technology is increasingly enabling customers, whether they're retail, business or corporate customers, to do what they would normally do directly with the bank in channels that banks don't own. And so it's really customer demand-led but enabled by technology for those customers to do any relevant financial services interaction in channels that are far more relevant for them, whether it's through their treasury management system, whether it's through their enterprise ERP or business management software, whether their accounting package, their point of sale vendor, um, whatever it would be, customers are increasingly able to consume those financial services in those channels. So that's, I think, the the headline as to what the demand is. I heard one phrase there that I'm going to pick up on and ask you about, Brian, and that's channels banks don't own. Is that a challenge or an opportunity for somebody like HSBC? Uh, It's absolutely an opportunity, Robin. The opportunity is that businesses increasingly are using software to run, grow their business, whether it's an ERP or procure to pay type platform, or perhaps it's a vertical SaaS platform that helps them do everything to run their restaurant or their healthcare business. And if we can integrate in a contextualized manner, banking services into those products and platforms that they love to use, we can create value for the business and make a much better user experience for them and also help the software company be ever more relevant to the businesses that they serve. We're talking about embedding the bank's solutions. This is embedded finance. That's correct. What's the likely impact going to be on financial services providers in the longer term? It's about distribution and going to where your customers are and where you can find new customers. So our belief is that The traditional banking model is still very valuable, uh, relationship manager-led, aided by technology and strong digital propositions. And we can, through the new technologies available, bring services to customers in other platforms. So that's an expanded reach, an expanded distribution. There's different economic implications of that, but it's a game of scale. And that's where the technology that Angus spoke about is so important here because that technology enables a better cost to serve to customers using banking services. Let me come back to you, Angus. This is a step forward from open banking. I'd say it was about three steps forward from open banking. So we we try to keep it simple that 2018, there was the imperative around banks allowing their end customers to let's call it bring bring the different accounts together on with fintechs that wanted to aggregate that information. So banks need to needed to at least enable that 
which was uh, simply put open banking. And then banking as a service was the next incarnation that said if those banks want their products, so their payments, their lending, their treasury, capital markets, whatever, account opening products consumed or, or, or embedded, they needed to make them available. And that was what banking as a service um, enabled. However, we differentiate between open banking, banking as a service and embedded finance. You can have open banking. You can have a fintech consuming them. But if a end customer isn't buying them or transacting, they may be embedded, but they're useless, right? They're, they're actually not monetized. So Tesco, great example, thought they would allow their end customers open transaction accounts. And they offered that for a while and then end up downing tools on it because it wasn't valuable for them. Equally, if you look at what Google did with its Plex proposition, 12 months into developing it and about to launch it, it decided it wasn't a strategic priority for them. So just opening a transaction account or a deposit account in a vacuum out of context was deemed as not valuable. The spectrum that we talk about is open banking sort of was the mandate 2018, making them available for fintechs to consume was banking as a service. But unless an end customer or a business is actually consuming those and using those, then there's no monetization. So how do we get the end customer to use them, I wonder? We start with the end customer and the end customer's demand, right? And then and work into that. Maybe if I can speak to a partnership that we've announced at HSBC, that's with Oracle NetSuite, which is a cloud ERP leading provider. And they provide financial accounting and ERP invoice management, a very attractive range of SaaS products that businesses use every day to manage those functions. And so when you're managing your bills and your invoices, that's an opportunity to hook payments and receivables finance and other products into those journeys. So the way you get customers to adapt to services is embed them in a manner that creates value for them, whether that value is a better user experience that has greater reconciliation automation, such that you can reduce the amount of functions that your internal treasury operations team needs to do, or whether that value is increased access to working capital in a more timely, cost-effective manner. So that's, I think, the real key. Sometimes my own view with open banking is there wasn't value created for the end user. And so the real key within banking as a service is finding value creation opportunities. And that's where you embed the right service at the right point in the customer journey. It's easy for people in financial services, I think, and indeed in technology businesses to get carried away with the next shiny thing and about how great it's going to be and what fantastic things it does. And sometimes they forget that there is a customer at the other end thinking, what on earth does this do for me? What you've laid out is a journey where there is value for the customer and the customer will opt to do something because there is value in them doing it, whatever that value is. That's perhaps got to be the starting point. You are providing a service. The clue's in the name. It's a service solution. Could not agree more. Right. I think that the, the challenge and opportunity here is that was true when a bank was becoming more customer relevant and obsessed in its own channels because a, a customer would come to the bank solely to do financial services. Now, what we're saying with embedded finance is 
a customer is on Shopify or they're on Oracle NetSuite or they're on SAP Ariba or they're on their Microsoft ecosystem doing what they want to do in those channels. Now we're saying at some point of that journey, financial services may be relevant to that customer. What we're seeing at the moment is that balancing act between staying true to why the customer actually is in that channel to begin with and actually enhancing that experience by embedding financial services that are relevant and valuable to them at a certain point of time, not just trying to throw a bunch of technology or financial products into a new channel that aren't relevant to that end customer. This is where the bank, Brian, as a final thought, has got to be careful about how it markets its solutions. Yeah, I mean, to to me, the right type of partnership here, the bank is a regulated uh, banking provider and providing services into a third-party software platform in, in many of these instances. The software company is not a licensed financial service provider, so the bank has to take the lead ensuring the proper articulation of the services being sold, ensuring that the pricing is clear and transparent and what that's actually charged and establishes that relationship with the end user in a compliant and transparent manner. So registering for T's and C's and everything needs to be really thought through. There are models where the technology company has gotten a financial services license, and those can be slightly different constructs. But as the Whoever is the licensed provider of the service to make sure that all the regulatory obligations and treating customers fairly is really met at the highest standards. And as a conclusion, it's down to getting that right and providing a quality service to the customer that is going to make the bank's business grow and be profitable. Absolutely. And then if you want to find out more around what Baz is and where the value pools are, et cetera, then have a look at the Baz Outlook published by Finastra. Thank you very much, Brian McKenney, Chief Innovation Officer, HSBC, and Angus Ross, Chief Growth and Revenue Officer, Banking as a Service for Finastra.